Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast. Industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Today, I have Ken Underhill with me. He is the CEO of CyberLife. Super excited. Ken, why don't you kick us off with the first question? Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, thanks, Rick. So as you mentioned, Ken Underhill, CEO of CyberLife. We're a, primarily a cybersecurity media company, but we also do boutique training for small businesses, primarily We've been asked to do like ransomware education and phishing attacks and, and kind of the security awareness training. Nice. So you talk about being kind of a media company for cybersecurity. What does that look like? What does that entail? Yeah. So we recently pivoted. We were doing a lot of training uh, of executive teams over probably the past year or so um, around material cyber risk. And we, we pivoted uh, mostly because I don't feel like training anymore for the most part. So I, I just want to go back to the media stuff. I did have a TV show. A lot of people know me. So I did have a television show. Uh, I think I ended that last November, if I recall correctly. We ran it for a couple of years, started back right when the pandemic was hitting in 2020, um, reached over 2.1 million viewers around the world, um, which was, you know, really cool. Uh, but TV shows were a lot of work, and I wanted to kind of get back to, you know, I've got the podcast. I recently relaunched it for CyberLife. Got the YouTube channel, which is at CyberLife TV. Um, so really just wanted to get back into just producing free content without having to worry about advertisers and sponsorships and all the all the fun stuff that comes with a television show to keep it funded. Love it. Yeah. And I, I remember the show. Super excited. And I, I nerded out a little bit when I knew that you were going to come on. So this is this is fun. This is fun for me, at least. So um, so this is where I get to pivot a little bit, right? You know, we 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 are evolving some of our questions and 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 here's the first one. I'd love to get your take on how you feel. The cyber landscape has evolved over the past few years. Yeah, the interesting thing is, you know, technology changes, uh, TTPs change. And for those that don't know, that's tactics, techniques, and procedures of threat actors. Um, all that stuff changes, but at the end of the day, it's the fundamentals. It's um, I've got some friends that play in the NFL, and one of them was on a Super Bowl winning team uh, several years ago. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, like, it's a professional level. All you guys are good. You got to be good to get there. What's the difference? Like, what was the difference? You know, is it team thing? Is it all these things? You know, is it certain plays or whatever? He's like, dude, it's the, it's blocking and tackling. It's the fundamentals. And we master the fundamentals. And it's the same thing in, in like the military, the special operations communities. Um, I think, I don't know, Rick, somebody in your, was it you that was a Green Beret or somebody was a former former SF guy? Um, but you master the fundamentals, like pistol, combatives, you know, small unit tactics, et cetera. You master the fundamentals. And that's, you know, I think, you know, with the landscape, it's always going to change. I and mean, of course, we're using generative AI now and we're, you know, we're pulling it as, as defenders. And of course, the bad guys are also pulling it in to create more elaborate phishing emails and things like that. So the, all that stuff, that's going to be always changing. Always. I mean, this time next year, Rick and I will be talking about something totally different. But at the end of the day, it's still the fundamentals. It's still the basics. It's still like if you master the fundamentals of networking and network security, you can really secure your organization quite well against things. But if you don't know how to do any of that, if you jump right to, I want to be a pen tester, you don't understand the fundamentals, then like, you're, you're going to be lost. So you, it's, it's the fundamentals. That's the summary of all I just said, the fundamentals. <laughs> I love it. And yes, I was uh, an SF operator. So, oh man, I was so much younger. <laughs> yeah, the, the younger days, yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a blast though. And I think that's really been uh, beneficial for me, the mindset that you take from that as I moved into cybersecurity. So def definitely worth my worth my weight in gold there. And I'd, I'd love to hear, I know you just mentioned earlier that you guys had gone away from kind of doing a lot of the education and awareness training. I feel like that's taking and, and coming back as a resurgence, right? And, and I don't think the human aspect 
uh, or the user aspect has changed much. It's still the main cause of problems. Why, why is it so fundamentally difficult for us not to train and get, and get people to get it? Well, I think the misconception is that people don't get it, right? But people do. I mean, I've talked to banking executives here in the Houston area, and they accidentally will fall for the phishing email, you know, as part of the the uh, organization's phishing attack, you know, or simulated attack. So people want to do good. Like, that's, like, people literally are more cyber aware these days. They want to do the right thing. It's just, I mean, you get a million phone calls and emails and, you know, all these things. The email looks really, really, you know, legit. You just you just don't know. So I think the the mindset needs to change in cyber of, Let's punish the end user of, you know, these people are so dumb, they don't get it. There's somebody, uh, I forget his name, he's got a book called, like, You Can't Stop Stupid or something, or You Can't Stop Stupid or something like that. I I, I don't know. I didn't like the guy anyways, personal opinion, but, um, <laughs> like, stop calling people stupid. Like, these are very, most most end users are not the idiots we dealt with back in, like, the 90s and stuff. Like, these, these people these days are very aware. Some of them are better than you practitioners out there as far as what they know. Like I've seen people run, serve, I've seen nurses that are more technical than a lot of the IT people. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, and they're teaching the IP. So like, don't assume people are stupid. I think that's a misconception. I think where we have the gap at and where I see it with like almost all cybersecurity awareness training I've ever seen in my entire life and gone through my entire life is they don't relate it to me, the, the work, like what I care about, what's important to me. So for example, I did some security awareness training without fancy videos, without any, I just literally did like a, a, a very ghetto Zoom call is the way I'll define it for a bunch of nurses. And I talked about there, because I'm a, I'm a former pediatric nurse way back in the day, back in, you know, when Rick and I were younger, we did a lot of different things. Um, but I was able to talk the language. I know what a nurse, I know what they don't like, right? I know the challenges. I know that they want to get off at the end of the day. They're already going to be late because they always got a chart and all these things. They don't get bathroom breaks. They don't get, you know, the meal time and stuff like that. So if they have a cyber attack happen where the computer gets locked up and they got to call IT, IT never answers, right? All these problems that that your general cybersecurity practitioner wouldn't know about, I speak their language. And that's the most important thing. I spoke their language. I said, this. if you do this, it's going to lead to this. I was like, if you click on this link, it's going to lock up your entire system. You know, I give them the doomsday scenario, of course. You know, it's going to lock up your entire system. You're going to wait on the phone with IT for six hours. You're going to miss your kid's ball game. You're going to not get to eat. You're going to be holding that pee for six hours. Do you want that to happen? No. I scared him so much, Rick, that when a new CEO took over the company and they sent out you know, an email like, welcome, here's a CEO, blah, blah, blah. It's a survey from HR. Take it. I had over 600, I think it was like five or 600 like clinical staff emailing me, calling me, oh my God, the hackers are getting us, you know, all this, you know, paranoia, which was phenomenal, right? It was a legit email. Uh, but I loved it because it changed the behavior, and that's what we need to focus on. And I get it that it's difficult at scale to do that because you're dealing with a whole company, but instead of building one training to please your investors, you know, to, to make it low cost, figure out what departments, what business units are going to be taking the training and figure out, like, what are their actual problems? Like, what, how do they talk? And you don't have to talk to them. Just talk to other, like, accountants. Talk to other salespeople. Figure out what are some of the challenges. Like, figure out their day-to-day and how the cyber would go into that. Because the worst thing you could do, and, and any cyber person that's worth their weight in salt will tell you this, worst thing you could do is put up barriers because people are going to find a way to go all around them like usual. Um, just like I figured out a way to feed opossums to still make the HOA mad, they couldn't do anything about it. So anyways, we'll leave that where it is. We're not going to talk about that in this episode. That would take too long. So that's my answer to your question there. Love, love it. Love it. 
<laughs> we'll have to find out what you did to message your HOA. But to stay on task, uh, I would love to hear what emerging trends, technologies, or approaches that you're excited about that are coming out. Well, I mean, people would just hate on me if I didn't use AI as you know, if I didn't play buzzword bingo here. Um, I think that um, I, I think that uh, generative AI and you know and the and the old school AI. Um, I think there's a good use in cybersecurity. Of course, there's privacy concerns, you know, all these things, but you can use local um, generative AI. You don't have to use you know ChatGPT and stuff like that. Um, and you can even use a local version version of that through the API. So, anyways, um, I think that we'll see better use of that, and I think that will reduce a lot of the alert fatigue that we get. Uh, especially as like analysts, you know, on the front lines of things. Um, I think that'll help there. Um, as far as like emerging tech, I mean, people throw out zero trust usually. Um, I mean, it's not really emerging, but it's, you know, the the concept, the, the, the process and everything. Um, I think too many people, I'm not knocking zero trust, by the way. Don't hate on me. Don't send me messages on social media because I'm just going to block you. Um, I think zero trust has a lot of good application, but I, it's not for everything. For example, like if you're selling widgets on your website, you're, let's say you're selling shoes, you're Nike, you're selling shoes. Do you want me to like go through a zero trust process just to come buy some freaking shoes? You're putting friction in place. I'm not going to buy any shoes from you. I'm going to go to Adidas or some other provider. So you have to keep that in mind when you're implementing anything is, am I putting friction in place and is it necessary friction? Is it worth it? Or is this a low, you know, a low risk thing like a website? that doesn't really lead to anything, you know? Yeah, it's purchasing, you know, some shoes or whatever, but but is that like our our crown jewels? Um, I was kind of like, I kind of, I feel like I kind of answered your question, Rick, like a politician almost, right? I, like I answered it, but then I kind of <laughs> took us on, you know, a little journey to talk about shoes and everything. But um, anyways, if, if anyone knows some good shoe companies out there, feel free to send Rick and I a pair. We'll let you know our sizes. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I love the, the shameless pitch right there too. Final fun question for you, Ken. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Yeah, so I grew up ex like extremely poor, and so one of my mother's boyfriends uh, he bought us a super um, Super Nintendo when those first came out. Dude, I thought I was a millionaire, and then he also got us the scope thing it had for like the shooting games. Oh my gosh, you couldn't tell me mother. You know, of course my mother's like, you're gonna go blind from the, you know, the stuff or whatever. You know, that's how how mothers were back in the day. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, man, that, that, that's my favorite piece. Um, of course I love the regular Nintendo. Um, I have fond memories of Atari and, and stuff like that too. Uh, I don't play any, so a fun fact about me, I don't play any games that I got to connect to the internet. Nothing. I, you will not catch me on any new stuff whatsoever. So I'm, I'm old school, like plug it in the TV and the power outlet. I'm good to go. I love it. Ken, thank you so much for being on the Cyber Pro Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rick. Thank you for tuning into the Cyber Pro Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and all of our cool bonus content.